1: VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. A couple of big games in the NBA here on Wednesday evening and. They played out pretty much how we thought it would. Last night on the program, uh, we said one of our favorite bets in the NBA was the Miami Heat plus the four and a half against the Celtics. Just worried about how the Celtics would adjust to life after Robert Williams's injury. Uh, he went down. He had successful surgery. It looks like he could be coming back sooner rather than later, which is good news for the Seas as they go into the playoffs. But in their first game without him, Obviously, they were missing more players in that game, but they lose to the Raptors. They give up 115 points. And then here against the Miami Heat, it was kind of also a situational spot, like we talk about with our very own Dave Tooley all the time, where it's the swagger, anti-swagger plays. Uh, The Celtics had a six-game winning streak that was snapped in that loss to the Raptors. And so the idea is to fade that team in their next game. Meanwhile, the Heat had a losing streak snapped in their last game, a 23-point win over the Kings, and the mentality is to buy on that team in their next game. And everything played out just like we thought it would. I said Bam Adebayo would get his, and he did. 17 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists as the Heat beat the Celtics 106-98. So they maintain the top spot in the Eastern Conference right now. Just a game up on the Milwaukee Bucks, but now two games up on both the Sixers and the Celtics. And then in the Western Conference, the Warriors continue to slide. They lose, but they cover. But they lose to the Phoenix Suns, 107-103. And the Warriors have now dropped four straight games. They're 3-7 and in their last 10. And they have now fallen behind the Dallas Mavericks. And the Warriors are the four-seed. In the Western Conference, Dallas has slid up to the three seed in the West. So, just craziness going on there. The Lakers are back in the playoff picture. Uh, They're a half game up on San Antonio, who lost here to Memphis by one point. They were six-point dogs. They covered, but they lost 112-111 in San Antonio in this one. And, once again... A game without John Morant, the Grizzlies win. Now 19 2 without Morant this season, which is just absolutely unbelievable. Let's shift gears from uh, the NBA, get into the college basketball conversation as we welcome in our college basketball expert. He is Greg Hoops Peterson, host of Coast to Coast Hoops, available on vsyn.com slash podcast or wherever. You get your podcasts from Greg. The NIT is going to come to a close for the final time for at least the next couple of years at Madison Square Garden. It will be sentimental championship game coming up here on Thursday. What is your handicap?
4: Well, I wound up making Texas A&M the slight favorite in this game. I made them a two and a half point favorite. And depending on your book right now, you're finding Xavier is between a four and a half and a four point underdog. I think that that's a little bit too lofty with the way that Xavier has been playing. Keep in mind, it's a Musketeers team that throughout much of the year, we thought that they were not just going to be an NCAA tournament, but a solid NCAA tournament. They just wound up up chucking all over themselves in the month of February into March Seems like the interim coaching regime has done a solid job of getting this team to be able to play back to their form. So I'm going to be taking a look at the points with Xavier, and I've been liking a lot of unders recently. We have seen literally two unders winding up hitting in college basketball ever since the beginning of the Sweet 16 that was on Thursday across all tournaments, but this total has just gone too low. Semi-total, 138.5. I thought I was low with that total. Right now, seeing it at a 137.5, for those of you guys that look at Ken Palm, he's got more of a total in the mid-140s, wow. so I do think that you've got yourself a little bit of a situation in which we went too far with this total. I do think that we are going to see some rough shooting. I do think that with it being a title game, it gets slowed down, but 137.5 a little bit too low for me. So I'm looking at an over along with the points with Xavier.
1: Yeah, okay, so Xavier and the over in this one. Would you consider a little bit of a sprinkle on Xavier on the money line?
4: I personally will not be, but I won't knock anyone that does. I like to keep my bets consistent, either take the points or take the money line. Sure. I'm not necessarily as much of a sprinkle guy, but if you're looking that route, I don't hate it because Nate Johnson has really been able to step up for Xavier here in the last six games, in which Xavier scored at least 72 points in every one of them. He's been shooting from three-point range, 14 of 31 overall, and in road and neutral court games, shoots 39% from three, and they're facing out with the Texas A&M team that they've been able to do a terrific job here since the beginning of the SEC tournament. But One thing that you do have a little bit of trepidation with is that they don't necessarily do the little things well outside the top 200 with regards to turnovers on a per possession basis. And then at the free throw line as a collective, they shoot 69.9% at the free throw line. So that could lead to a little bit of difficulty if they're looking to close out a game. Greg, we'll get into your
1: handicaps for the final four games coming up tomorrow. But I just want to ask you real quick about Villanova without Justin Moore. In your mind, uh, who is the player that is going to have to fill that void on this Wildcats team? And is it more than one player?
4: I think it has to be Caleb Daniels. The problem with Villanova is that they've really been playing a six-man rotation, and Daniels is the only guy that comes in off the bench. You've got Chris Archie Diacono, who's been seeing a few minutes. You've got to figure that if there is going to be a sixth man for Villanova, it's going to be him. And then you have a gentleman, Joey Longino, who he was starting to see some minutes. It felt like Villanova was trying to get him a little bit more into the fold, but. He wound up suffering a season-ending injury in the early month of March, more towards the Big East tournament time, so that really does put Villanova in a little bit of a horse of peace situation, because you need someone to be able to give this team a few minutes. They just don't really have a lot of guys that have that experience. Now, if there's a coach that is going to be able to scheme something up, maybe give us something unexpected, it is Jay Wright, who I firmly believe is that minimum Be a top five coach in all of college basketball. He's got a full week to be able to prepare for this spot. But I think it really needs to be Daniels, who has been the sixth man all season long, that's going to need to step up for Villanova.
1: Yeah, maybe a guy like Brian Antoine, who we have not seen a lot this season, only played 19 games. Former top games. 50 recruit. Yeah, exactly. Former top recruit, only played 19 games this season. Uh, maybe he could come in and provide that spark off the bench and be that seventh guy in that rotation, along with Chris Archie Diacono, who is that sixth man right now, if Daniel slides in to that starting uh, lineup. Uh, Greg, let's uh, I'm, I will continue the Final Four discussion coming up tomorrow, but while I have you, and, and we did this a little bit yesterday, but let's continue the Major League Baseball conversation because I know you're getting geared up and you're studying as much as I am right now. Uh, I watched a couple more games today, and as a Yankee fan, it actually warms my heart. Clint Frazier is having a tremendous spring for the Cubs. Another bomb today, and I I don't think this Cubs team is going to be really good this year, but I think he provides some spark. He's going to get a chance to be an everyday player, which is something he wasn't able to do in New York. What's your outlook on the Cubs this season, Greg?
4: I think that they're going to be a very situational team, and... It's not unlike what we've seen in past years with the Cubs, because you'll notice that in recent years, the Cubs have had some of the best home and road splits in the MLB, and that's because you wind up having a pitcher in Kyle Hendricks, who whenever the wind is blowing out in Wrigley field, it's just a disaster for him. (laughs) He's very much a fly ball pitcher, but when the wind is blowing in, it keeps the ballpark in there. And Kyle Hendricks becomes a professor at home whenever the wind is blowing in. So I do think that it's a Cubs team that they're going to provide value in some spots at home. When they wind up hitting the road, this is a team that they're just vastly different with their offense. So I think that you've got to be very careful with the Cubs. I wouldn't recommend necessarily a season-long bet with regards to season wins, anything like that, just for that reason, because you do have a Cubs team that they're very streaky when you wind up getting them in good spots. They're a team that they could go on a win streak, and Marcus Stroman is a solid pitcher. Marcus Stroman is a guy that's a little bit more of a ground ball pitcher as well. So I do think that he'll be able to have a little bit of success out there with the Cubs. Problem is that bullpen is not good. It is not good at all. Like Rowan Wick is right now one of your top relievers for this team. That is not something that you want much of a part of. And we noticed it with Patrick Wisdom as well last season, got off to just a blistering start wound up cooling off towards the end of the season. I want to see how he winds up faring for a full 162 because it felt like he was very uneven last season.
1: The Brewers are minus 165 to win that division. Greg, it should be minus 500, <laughs> maybe yeah. even higher because uh, there's no one else that's winning that division. Like I guess we, I'm not high on the Cubs. Um, the Cardinals...
2: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: With the age and the players that they have, Pujols and Yachty and Wainwright, uh, so it's the Brewers or Bust in that NL Central. So I think that number is just way off. It should be much, much Higher odds than that. But we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Major League Baseball. And, of course, we will give a final preview of the Final Four coming up on tomorrow's show. Greg, appreciate the time and the inside as always.
4: Always a pleasure, Scott. Thank you.
1: He is Greg Hoops Peterson. Catch Coast to Coast Hoops on vcin.com slash podcasts or download it wherever you get your podcasts from. Let's get into that Final Four. Tom Casale from NBC Sports Edge will join me coming up next. We'll get his thoughts on the Villanova game against Kansas. Can the Wildcats cover and win without Justin Moore in the lineup? And how about the Duke-North Carolina matchup? Will it be a shootout like I think it will be? We'll talk to Tom about that coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead. Right here on Visin, the Sports Betting Network.
2: The look ahead on Visin,
1: the Sports Betting Network. This segment of the look ahead is brought to you by Zyn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zyn Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zyn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit zyncom find to locate a store near you. That's zyncom find. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Tatenberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Let's continue to the final four conversation. We welcome in Tom Casali from NBC Sports uh, Bet. And you know what? Let's take a look at this here, Tom. And you got Duke, North Carolina. It's the first time that they've met in the NCAA tournament. It's the third time this season. It's the rubber match, obviously, and both these teams split in the regular season. But this one's for all the marbles. And it's the final time that Coach K is going to coach against them. A little bit of a redemption because what he thought was going to be the last time he coached against them, his team got ran out of the gym. How much do you have to ignore all of the outside noise and just focus on what these teams are able to do in this game. A
6: hundred percent of it.
1: <laughs> it's if, so if hard. You look at the,
6: if you look at the two games this year, uh, North Carolina wasn't anything like they are right now in the first meeting. Okay. So that game just throw away. The second meeting, you know, I know we've talked about this on the show before. Duke just didn't look right at the end of the season. The, they're, they're, they had no no intensity on defense, I, and I you know I brought it up before about the Syracuse game. Syracuse without Buddy Bayheim shouldn't have been within 20 points of Duke, and they were getting wide open shots. So you look at the end of the season, and I don't know something just maybe it was all the pressure or the Coach K stuff was weighing on the kids. And then when you get to the tournament, you get to take a deep breath, you start over. You know, I I thought the Texas Tech game was big. I thought Texas Tech was the team that could knock out Duke, and to be honest. The Red Raiders played really well in that game. Duke just played better down the stretch. So, you know, I think it's great to look at all those things, but these are two different teams now that are playing at the peak of how good they can be. So I think you just got to try to look at the matchup on Saturday.
1: And so what do you think about that matchup? Duke is laying four. Um, What do you like so far? And do you expect this number to improve on either way?
6: Well, listen, there's two games left, right? These lines are pretty tight. Mm-hmm. The And, you know, one thing that I've heard a lot of is about North Carolina's rebounding edge in the tournament. Now, North Carolina is a good rebounding team, but – Marquette's one of the worst rebounding teams in the tournament. Baylor was injured on the front line. Obviously, St. Peter's can't rebound with North Carolina. UCLA was really the only good rebounding team they faced. Duke has the size to give them trouble down low. So I think that's going to be interesting. You know, I kind of like a prop in this uh, this game, Brady Manick, over two and a half, three-pointers made. He shot 23 pointers against Duke in two games, made 11 of them. He shot 34 so far in the tournament. So I, I like that prop. I think Duke pulls away in this game in the second half. I think it's a competitive game. I think it's a it's a fun, entertaining game. The final 10 minutes, I think Duke pulls away and covers the number. I'm, I'm with you there. And, and I'm on the over. Uh, I think this
1: number's too low. Both games in the regular season, and I know you say that they're they're different teams, but both games in the regular season, the number closed a point and a half higher than what's being listed at right now. And I think this is the book adjusting to the fact that we've seen unders go 11-1 since the start of the Sweet 16. Plus, there's always that narrative when we get to the Final Four, right? Hammer the under because the game's in a football stadium and the sight lines are different. I think this number is too low. I would have personally set it at 153, maybe 153 and a half. I'm going I'm going over in this
6: game. What about you? Well, we know North Carolina wants to play fast. So, it, to me it's going to depend on how the game goes early and how Duke is playing because there's certain teams like Duke, UCLA, Kansas, they'll play any style sometimes they'll run sometimes they'll slow it down so it'll be interesting to me to see how Duke plays that first few minutes of the game do they just say we have the better athletes and we're going to run with North Carolina or do they want to try to slow it down and get the ball down to Bancaro and and Williams in the paint if Duke decides to play at a faster pace this game will likely go over because North Carolina won't slow down whether they're up or down
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and we've seen look North Carolina is a team that Builds a 25-point lead against Baylor and loses a 25-point lead in the final 10 minutes of regulation. Uh, The Game one of the day, the uh, tip-off, will be Villanova and Kansas, and there's so much conversation about the injury to Justin Moore. Uh, How does Villanova get by that? How do they keep this close with Kansas, and do they have an opportunity to win outright in your mind?
6: I think they do. The problem with the Justin Moore injury is Villanova's not deep especially at the guard position. You know, if this was a deeper Villanova team, I wouldn't mind it as much. But you look at the guards that are going to be coming in, um, not replacing him, but coming in for depth, you know, they all average under two points per game. They don't play that much. So I worry about Villanova getting a little bit of foul trouble, uh, wearing down in the second half. I like Villanova first half, and I like the under in the first half here because I, I think this is going to be a very tight game as, as long as Villanova doesn't get in foul trouble because they just don't have enough guys. I think their defense is going to play well. Listen, I got Kansas. I bet them in October 18-1. to I'm riding the Jayhawks, but I wouldn't be surprised if Villanova wins this game and you know they're
1: gonna keep it slow (laughs) they want to slow this thing down and and bring it to a uh, screeching halt here the totals at 134 would you have
6: an angle on that under maybe the first half under how do you feel about the totals Yeah, I like the first half under. If you look at Kansas, they started slowly their last two games. I believe it's 26 and 29 points in the first half. That's where I think Villanova is going to have a lot of emotion, where their lack of depth isn't going to affect them yet. The the problem with betting Villanova unders, especially in a game like this, is, you know, Kansas is going to try to pick up the pace at some point. They have a pretty good offense. Also, if Villanova is ahead later in the game, what do they shoot from the foul line? Like 99%? (laughs) I've never seen that team miss a foul shot. So, you know, that's one way one of these lower totals can go over so uh, you know I don't like the full game under but I think first half under 62 and a half is the play here well I have a Villanova
1: 25 to 1 to win the national championship so uh, do I hedge what's the strategy for me uh, right now I'm letting it ride
6: that's what I'm doing with Kansas. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to let it ride. Then I'm going to, if they win, I'm going to reevaluate, you know, listen, I'll tell you one thing. If they're playing Duke for the title in, Co- in coach Kane's last game, <laughs> I'm probably hedging. I, I I can't take that pain. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens, but I'm with you. Uh, it always depends on the number with me. Like I had Auburn 70 to one. If they were in the final four, I'm probably hedging because you, you have so much money to play with. Sure. But when you have 18 to one, you know, Heck, I've waited five months. So One, one more game. Of flirt, right? <laughs> I didn't wait that long. I only, did it, I only did it three
1: weeks ago, so I didn't wait that long. Uh, let, let me get your thoughts on this. I've been asking everybody the same question when, we, when it comes to the Final Four. Who would be your tournament most
6: outstanding player should each team go on to win the national championship? Yeah, I mean, uh, Carroll for Duke, I think he's been excellent. Uh, I, I would say Love or Baycott for for North Carolina. Love's been really, really good. But, I mean, Baycott's been a beast. Uh, I, I would go Jermaine Samuels with uh, with Villanova. I think he's been excellent down in the post. And then I think if the if Kansas wins it, it's going to be a Bajie because they can't win this without him having a couple of big games here. Well, I think
1: the better number and the better bet might be Remy Martin, because even Bill Self admitted that he's the biggest reason why they are where they are right now in the Final Four. His quickness, the speed, the shooting, what he's been able to do for this team in this tournament when Obaji really hasn't been himself, 12-1 to 1 I think is a very favorable number for Remy Martin.
6: Yeah, that's not a bad bet. I, my thinking is is that they're not going to beat Villanova without Abadi. Mm. So I mean, he he's got to start. You know, like I said with Ban Carroll, Ban Carroll has taken. He he's done what stars do in the tournament. Uh, he said, you know, great in December. I'll, I'll score 11 points or whatever. This is money time now. So, you know, he, he's coming to play. And I think we're going to have to see something from Abaji because if you play Villanova and your top scorer doesn't do much, you, you're going to have to win a 48, 46 game mm-hmm. because they'll lock you down. So I really think he's going to have to be big in this game if they want to advance. Yeah. And oftentimes,
1: all it takes is whoever has the best game in the national championship game that yeah. winds up winning the tournament most outstanding player, not the guy who got you. There for the prior three, four wins. So uh Tom, appreciate right. the time and the conversation. Good luck with your bets on Saturday. Enjoy the games and of course the championship on Monday. And we'll catch up again soon. Great. Thanks for having me. There's Tom Casale, NBC Sports Edge. You follow him on Twitter at the Tom Casale. C-I-S-A-L-E. Great job, uh NBC Sports Edge there. Uh breaking down everything. And yeah, when it comes uh to the final four in the national championship, he's got that 18 to 1 ticket on Kansas letting that thing ride boy for my sake i'm hoping that villanova wins but good luck to tom if kansas wins I'll tip my cap to him i'm scott seidenberg hit me up on twitter at scotts on air coming up next we'll be joined by joe fan from WinBet as we continue to break down the final four and more it's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network Send the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot or Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VCNV Betting Network, joined in the studio by Joe Fan from WinBet, Blue Wire podcast as well, as uh, we're going to break down everything from the Final Four to the NBA and a little bit of Major League Baseball getting underway soon. Opening day is next week, which I can't wait. I'm, I'm fired like, up. I'm
3: so ready for it. I can't wait for opening
2: The mic. lockout
3: was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that we're getting a full 162-game season, yep. I'm all in. I already have yeah. uh, my futures that I'm going to lock in this
1: weekend. I already locked, I'm already i locked in on what I'm going to bet. But in terms of placing the bets, I'm going to drive around this weekend and go shop the shop with all these books. Yeah, uh, I love that. Might even have to go across state lines. I feel like lines. that's something we should talk about here. Might even have to go across state lines for a couple of things. But, uh, yes. We're love that. Check things out. Well, uh, let's talk about the final four first. Uh, Villanova Kansas gets things started on Saturday Duke North Carolina is the nightcap and I feel bad for Villanova Kansas because if there is any way for a final four game to be overshadowed this is it because of Duke North Carolina in the nightcap but for Villanova the conversation Joe is clearly around the injury to Justin Moore and how this team that doesn't play a ton of guys to begin with is going to have to deal with an important guard being on the shelf for this game. Can Villanova keep it close and have an opportunity to win here against Kansas?
3: Can they? Yes. They're a <laughs> darn good team with, in my opinion, the best coach of the country. I mean, I think Jay Wright yeah. is much of a, a stud as anyone around. Mm-hmm. But you lose 15-5 and five from an already thin roster with a short rotation. How do you recover from that? I just don't know if you can. And as, as much of a stud as Connor Gillespie is, he is. I mean, he's the man. When you need a bucket, he can get it to you. He's knocked down from three-point range, and he can create. But he's not a guy who's necessarily going to explode Jimmer Fredette style. If we're Mm -hmm. making a blast from the past comparison, who will necessarily go off for 35 and carry his team to the national championship game. To me, Kansas, their strength is their depth. When You have Remy Martin coming off the bench, and he's been a stud in this tournament. Potentially the player of the tournament so far all the edges, to me, go in favor of Kansas. And even if they're able to hang around for the first half, you saw what Kansas did I mean, decimating Miami in the second half after Miami had a first-half lead. That, that game ends up being a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think this co- team is too talented and too well-coached. But I will be laying – I've already laid the four and would probably be comfortable laying the four-and-a-half with Kansas. I think the way to play Villanova is in the first
1: half. I think I like taking any points with Villanova in the first half, maybe an under in the first half. We know that they're going to slow the pace down. We know that they're going to want to limit the possessions, but also the depth in sh- the depth issues will not be a concern in the first half. Correct. They might be a concern with seven minutes left in the game and they're trailing by six and then a six point deficit becomes a 12 point deficit. But in the first half, they're going to be able to hang with Kansas. We've already seen Kansas struggle in the first half of this tournament.
3: Yeah, I think a smart play or way to go about it is you bet uh, Villanova first half money line and then look at whatever the second mm. half number is for Kansas, much like you would have, it would be the same exact would game plan as Miami. it was yeah. with Miami. Cash the first half with Miami, and then you hope to cash the second half line with Kansas. I just think it's too much. They're too, much, they're too big uh, inside. There's too much depth uh, depth in the, in the, the backcourt. Again, I really like Kansas in the spot.
1: Speaking of Remy Martin, you mentioned he's possibly the player of the tournament. In terms of most outstanding player, he's at 12 to 1 compared to Obaji, who's 5 to 1 as the second favorite. I'd rather have the bet in on Remy Martin because Bill Certainly. Self even admitted. That they're not in the Final Four without Remy Martin right now.
3: No, and I think there's a certain flair about him and the way he plays. It's sort of schizophrenic, Um, and you (laughs) see his line drive jumpers. You see his pace in transition, (laughs) how quickly he moves his feet defensively. It feels like his head's a bobblehead as he's moving on defense. He's he's got the wild hair. As a Washington fan, I remember watching him at Arizona State. Mm. He had the full the full kind of fauxhawk with the big poof, little prince looking mop top. And now, I mean, he has been carrying this team. He is. I don't want to reduce his role to the energizer bunny because, because obviously his his stat line, his sure. game log shows you there's much more than that. But there is something to it that it all feels like it sort of centers around him mm-hmm. when he's on the court. He's causing problems defensively. He's a problem in transition. And he's the facilitator. And the offense runs through him when he's on the court offensively. So you put all those things together. To me, yeah, I'd way rather be holding that ticket than the Abaji ticket game blouses.
1: Yeah, Uh, Let's talk about North Carolina Duke. It's so hard to ignore everything that's untangible about this game. I know you have to, because you just have to analyze, like, like this is the two teams that are playing right now. But I can't ignore it. I can't ignore watching North Carolina run Duke out of the gym in Coach K's final game in Cameron Indoor, to the point where Coach K preempts the post-game ceremony to apologize to the fans and tell them that this was unacceptable. And now he gets a chance to coach one more game against the Tar Heels. For the first time ever in in the the tournament. I I can't ignore it. I can't ignore it. My brain is telling me North Carolina has been the best team in the country in the past week and a half, two weeks. My heart is telling me, Duke's going
3: to run them out of the gym. I don't think Duke is complete enough to get run or to run anybody out of the gym. I think North Carolina has been playing at such a high level. And again, talk about a team that's balanced. Yeah. North Carolina has blown two teams out so far in the tournament. Should have mm-hmm. been three had Brady Manick not been erroneously ejected in Absolutely. the game against Baylor. Yep. That's a blowout as well. I love this North Carolina team. And yeah, it's I, a lot it, to love. It is hard. <laughs> To know, like, what do you make of that game at Cameron Indoor? I mean, can you imagine spending six grand on a ticket to go watch your team yeah. in the final five minutes just get absolutely <laughs> obliterated? Because That game was close with five, six minutes to go. And I think everyone was looking, oh, we, we can live bet Luke or Duke money line here. Live mm-hmm. bet Duke money line. Okay, it's even money or plus money. Oh, I, I did Gotta it. hammer it because there's no way, there's no way they lose in Coach K's final game at Cameron. And not only did they lose, but they lost decisively. It wasn't well, I, even a I got contest it on it down twice. the stretch. I got in on it twice. Understandably so. And I think it's wild that that Duke is even in this spot. I'm almost more surprised that Duke is in this spot compared to North Carolina. Because Mm. what we saw from Duke in that game and what we saw uh, against Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament, this was a team that that didn't defend the perimeter well. They didn't rotate to where you looked at Virginia Tech. Yeah, they were lights out. They were getting wide open looks at Will. They weren't having to work super hard for those looks. Mm -hmm. And it was just hero ball offensively. And it was just take guys off the dribble. Individually, can you create, can you get offensive boards, and, and can you just win solely on talent? And I think you've seen a bit of a, a, maybe we won't call it an evolution, but certainly a step forward to where they do look more like a complete basketball team rather than just a bunch of stars that are headed to the NBA in a couple months um, trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah. The thing with North Carolina, first off, I had UCLA in my national championship game, uh, and I still don't know how UCLA lost that game. I mean, I do know. It's because of Love was insane. Yeah, dude, scoring thirty points, hitting three after three after three, and look at just look at his odds. He's twenty to one right now to win tournament Most Outstanding Player. I'd love to have a piece of Caleb Love right now. If North Carolina goes on to win the national championship, you know it's either him or Brady Manic. I'm not buying in on Baycott right now. It's ten to one, but part of me knows that North Carolina has been the best team in the country as I mentioned over the past couple of weeks, and I know that this game could come down to the wire. The 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 right move is probably taking the points with North Carolina.
3: I just don't know if I can do it. (laughs) I don't know if I can do it, Joe. I think you can. (laughs) You can probably. This game will be back and forth enough. They're not going to get run out of the gym from the gym. Yeah. So if you take the four and a half to start, you'll be able to get a number on Duke that you like, and you try to middle it. Well, here's where I am going to play this game: the over. Yeah.
1: It's at 151. If you look at both games in the regular season, they both closed 152 and a half, and both those games went over. So, I think that this is an over-adjustment from the books, knowing that unders have gone 11-1 since the start of the Sweet 16, and there's the whole mentality that everyone buys into every single year of Final Four played at a dome stadium, the sight lines are different, so the games always go under as kids have a hard time shooting in those situations. I would have personally, I thought this line was going to open up at 153-154. So, seeing it at 151, I'm jumping in on the over.
3: Yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, I love the over, and I love Kansas with the point or giving the points. Those are my two favorite bets of the yeah. final four. I can't wait for the Duke-North Carolina game. I genuinely, again, can't believe we're here, given what we saw from Duke going into the tournament. But the storybook is written, love him or hate him. <laughs> on either side, Coach K, North Carolina, the fact that he's never played North Carolina in a tournament. And now it's happening in his final year, not just in the tournament, but in the final four mm-hmm. with a chance to go to the national championship game. I, I don't even know what I'm rooting for. I, I can't say I love North Carolina. I'm an I'm a anti-Blue Bloods guy, so I, mm-hmm. I would hope they both lose. But <laughs> certainly, again, the table is set for uh, him to walk out and the, the storybook of all storybook finishes.
1: And uh, CBS absolutely, CBS, TBS, they absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, what's been are you going kidding at? me? The ratings for <laughs> yeah. this game. He's Joe Please. Van from WinBet and a Blue Wire Podcast. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Coming up next, we'll get into the NBA and we'll talk about those baseball futures. Yes, that's what we're because, here for, uh, baby. We got some long shots, and when I mean long, I mean long shots. It's the look ahead here on V Sin the Sports Betting Network. He's in the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local Citycast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VCIN, the Sports Betting Network, joined in the studio by Joe Fan from WinBet. Bet to Win is the show. Blue Wire Podcast, the nice studio you guys got over there. And uh, we talked about the final four. Before we get into the baseball long shots, which you're going to love, trust me, uh, let me ask you some NBA stuff here. The way the Eastern Conference is going to play out is absolutely just wild. Right now, Miami is one game up on Milwaukee. The Sixers and Celtics two games back. And then you got the Brooklyn Nets who are going to be in the play-in tournament that nobody wants to play in the first round of the actual playoffs because, yes, they will win the 7-8 game and will be the seven seed most likely going
3: up against that 2 seed. Who do you like to make it out of the Eastern Conference right now? It's fun to see the, the power, sort of. It's been a long time since it's shifted back to the Eastern Conference. For so mu- for so long, the Eastern Conference was the pop At
0: Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: ...conference, had teams, <laughs> under 500 making the playoffs. I just looked it up this morning. Going into today, the Lakers and Spurs tied for the 10 seed in the Western Conference at 31-44. and 44. Yep which is embarrassing. The <laughs> fact that one of those teams potentially, or a team of that ilk that far under 500 will have a shot to be mm-hmm. in the postseason. So yes, the Eastern conference is by far the deeper conference by far, in my opinion, the better conference, which makes it fun and makes it hard to predict. I think what I know is I'm not going to put my chips on James Harden and Doc Rivers in the postseason. Nope. Um, I love the Celtics, but the Robert Williams injury is brutal. And Absolutely. you saw them lose to Miami uh, late at home tonight. Um, that one, you see, I mean, evidently they're missing Robert Williams. He is the rim protector, he is the guy in the painted alters shots that is sort of their force inside. They have Marcus Smart on the perimeter, they have Robert Williams in the inside. So. Who knows what what kind of presence and factor he's going to be in the playoffs if and when he comes back. I think the meniscus injury is sort of a weird one where sometimes it's a couple of weeks and guys are back immediately and sometimes mm-hmm. it, it lingers for months and months sure. and months. Um, to me, the, the safe money is on the defending champs and taking the bucks because yeah. um, you have Giannis who is, you know, if he's not the best player on the planet, he's darn near close. And they do have a deep roster with a cast of characters that have already won a ring. I agree with you.
1: I mean, I think it's hard to pick anybody except. For, I it, I can very easily see a rematch of Suns-Bucks again. Because I don't think anybody's
3: beating the Suns in the Western Conference. Yeah, huge win for them tonight against the Warriors. Yeah. Th- they have where nothing the war- to play where for. Where the Warriors gave them their best punch yes. at home and the Suns still beat him the Suns have
1: nothing to play for and they've won nine straight games there's they have nothing to play for but yet they're pedal to the metal here down the stretch it's absolutely wild and the Grizzlies they keep winning without John Morant but the Clippers are going to be dangerous in that first round series because Paul George is back healthy now if the Grizzlies have to line up against the seventh seeded Clippers that's a dangerous spot for a young Memphis team and I'm not buying into anybody else in the West Dallas even the Warriors, Nuggets, no thank you. So, it's Phoenix coming out of the West, and it's probably going to be
3: Milwaukee out of the East. Yeah, I, I I can see it as well. The Suns are such a fun team, and they're so complete, and they have so many guys who have such signi- significant but also distinct roles where you have your floor stretchers, you have your defensive specialists, you've got a defensive presence and a, and a post presence inside with Ayton. you've got a legit superstar guard who, cre- who can create and get yourself a bucket mm-hmm. in crunch time and Devin Booker. Also, Chris Paul's clutch factor is still very much there. And, and my goodness, we talk about the longevity of LeBron James. It, it, whether you love him or hate him, it's hard not to celebrate what he's done now in year 19, leading the league <laughs> in scoring. Chris Paul is right there in terms of this mm-hmm. dude is still one of the best point guards in basketball. And he's obviously no spring chicken. And I, I just love the roster is super fun. Monty Williams, tremendous coach. And he's about to rally the valley one more time. Yeah, probably. And they'll win it this year. It'll be their time. I hope so. I got one of my yeah. best friends, a big Suns fan. I'm a Mariners fan. I feel like Suns fans and Mariners fans can relate in the, the pain of at least the, the Suns are was... in the playoffs. Yeah, well, they, for a long time they
1: didn't. That's for true. a long time That's they true. didn't.
3: That's very true. So, but as I'm rooting for the Suns, I would love to see them make it.
1: Let's talk baseball. Uh, yes, I, I got some long shot bets put in here, um, and pretty much for the awards, AL MVP, NL MVP, and both Cy Youngs, and uh, a Rookie of the Year sprinkle. For the American League MVP, and and there's a theme here, I'm kind of buying low on players that have opportunities. AL MVP, I'm going Eloy Jimenez. Okay. He's at 65-1 to right now. This is a dude that obviously didn't play a lot last year with the injury. Had a monster year his rookie year a couple of seasons ago. If you take his home runs on his pace through his entire career, and extrapolate it to a 162-game uh, pace. He's the 38-home-run guy and over 100 RBIs. This dude's hitting over 40 and over 100 RBIs this season for a stacked White Sox lineup that might be the fourth-best lineup in all of baseball, behind the Dodgers, Blue Jays, and I mean, maybe they're the third-best lineup in
3: baseball. Yeah. So I'm going Jimenez to win the AL MVP. I would say my long shot, it's not nearly as long as yours, yeah. would be Jordan Alvarez for very similar reasons that you just gave me. Stocked lineup, could very well lead the league in RBIs and home runs, going to score 100 runs for another year you would expect. Obviously, the health is his biggest issue. Can he stay in the lineup? But now you anticipate being a full-time DH. You go in interleague games, yeah. he's still an everyday DH. Jordan, Air Jordan, as they call him <laughs> in Houston, he is one of the best pure hitters of the baseball not just for power. He's not Joey Gallo. I mean this guy finds gaps. He can mm-hmm. hit for the opposite. He can hit the opposite way for power. I love Jordan. I think I've already taken him to lead the league in home runs. I think he's got a great chance to be uh, the MVP as well. I think he's at either 50 or 60 to 1. Yeah, Don't hate
1: that uh sticking in the American League Cy Young. Noah a 100 to 1 at William Hill. Uh He's two years removed from Tommy John surgery. Joe Madden said there's no innings limit on him. He's now the number two in the rotation behind Shohei Otani. I think a change of scenery does him really well for a team that's going to hit more this year with Mike Trout back, with Anthony Rendon healthy, in a division where we know the Oakland A's have given up already. So that's going to be a couple of wins for him this year. He's got the stuff. There was a couple of years ago for the Mets where he was a top 5 Cy Young candidate in the National League, at 100 to 1 I could find worse bets to make.
3: You could find a lot worse <laughs> yeah. bets to make. That and on top of it, he signed a one-year deal. Yes, and he's going so to So he's ages. immediately mm-hmm. pitching for his future paychecks. Yes. And so mm-hmm. I love that. I, I, I'm actually like, wait, where can I find that bet? I gotta get that that ticket. 100, in William as well. Hill, hundred to one. Because to me, it makes too much sense not to sprinkle that mm-hmm. because of the reasons you listed of why you like him, but the pedigree, the talent level you know is there, and you're just banking on him having one more year left in the yep. tank of that. But he also has bet on himself that he has one more year in the tank yeah. of that because his future contract depends on it.
1: In the National League MVP. Now I'm buying real low. Cody Bellinger 65 to 1. When are you ever I know I know he sucks. But when are you ever going to get a price like oh, that so on a guy that he won suck? the MVP a couple of seasons ago? I don't get it. It, I don't know what this happened. isn't like
3: I don't this isn't happened. like a lifetime achievement award. Like he won it ages ago. This guy was the best hitter in baseball. It was like the cool storyline of the two, summer. It was him versus Christian Yelich. They're doing ads together. They got all these different spots going into the playoffs of like they're playing horse, like hitting home runs. Like yeah. in the, you remember that commercial? Of course. And all of a sudden, everyone he's like a legitimate liability. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. It's like when I go to play golf and, like, one day I can hit okay, and the next day I shoot, like, a 135. Um, it's really – it's hard to fathom because you don't see that sort of decline that quickly, especially – I know there have been some injuries, but it still doesn't feel like it makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I have a, a player in the NL that, that I think is – is the odds on favor? I think, yeah, going with a Dodgers lineup that is loaded sure. and, and getting value there makes sense. All right, we got a little less
1: than a minute left. Let me yep. give you my NL Long Shot Cy Young Award winner, 95 to 1. Yes. Ranger Suarez of the Phillies. This dude pitched 12 games last year. If you take his numbers from those twelve games, he had better numbers than the 12 games that Trevor Bauer pitched in the COVID-shortened year when he won the Cy Young in 2020. On a Phillies lineup that now has Schwarber and Castellanos. He will put up monster numbers. 95 to 1, Ranger Suarez and M- uh, NL Cy Young. I'm sold. I like the Phillies' win
3: total over as well. I, I, think, it's right here. 80, I think it's 85 and a half.
1: Phillies wins over 85, oh, and, a half. 85 and a half. Phillies yep. to win
3: NL East plus 475. I love that. I'll give you one dark horse in the American League. I like the Tigers over um, I don't win hate total. I think it's at 77 and a half. And I think they've got a chance to be a problem and in the mix all season long in the AL wild card picture. You have two opening day stud rookies it's going to come down to them can riley green and spencer mm-hmm. torkelson be the guys they expect them yeah. to be if so i think detroit can be a problem i don't hate it and speaking of rookie of the year
1: with those philadelphia phillies mickey moniak at 100 to 1 on an online sportsbook julio, rodriguez. julio rodriguez plus 500 in the al Book check it. him out be- win bet i'm scott seidenberg it's the look ahead here on Beeson.
0: Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's
1: economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
3: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon.
2: I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosen. And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big
4: Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.